Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? It is Ricky Venters, and I'm here with you for another week of the Success Journey Show. Thank you for joining in again with us for this season two. Marlon and I had the awesome opportunity to interview a good friend of ours, Brian Keith. And we're going to jump right into it. Guys, you're listening to episode 39 with Brian Keith. All right. Peace. Yeah, and Marlon, I see a lot of people talking about it. And I'm not being disrespectful, but I'm asking the question, where's the meat? You remember that commercial from years ago? Where's the beef? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where's, where's the, the beef? beef? And so yeah. you got to have some sort of consistency because, you know, this word called success yeah. is just it's such a huge challenge. I see people taking pictures in front of jets and big cars mm-hmm. and big houses. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. those people. Yeah. And Marlon, I'm an entrepreneur in the sense that that's what they call us these days. But I was doing this well before it got popular. So I was running businesses or had a business or so I don't really call myself an entrepreneur per se, but I own a business and that is the only source of income I have. And I take care of my family and I've been doing that for a number of years. And so back in the day, Marlon, yeah, they yeah, used yeah, to call yeah, yeah. us, you just that guy without a job. That's what you were. You just didn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In between jobs. You just didn't have a job. And so now this thing yeah, yeah, entrepreneurship yeah. has taken on a total different meaning and I'm listening and I'm hearing and I'm like, Oh, I want to be one of those. And I'm like, Whoa, (laughs) what in the world? And so to you guys credit, I'm just thankful that you guys are putting out information. I love the concept the success journey. It's not the success today. It's not the success tomorrow. It is, what is your journey? How did you get here? What are the ups? What are the downs? And tell us how you define success. And so I'm sorry, guys. I'm just rambling on. I'm yes, excited. Yes, I'm yes. Just, yeah. No, you good, no, man. I'm, I'm no, you, you good, man. <laughs> I'm excited. Just like you, man. I, Absolutely, I, I man. Yeah. Just like you, I was a, I was a guy that always. When I joined the military, I started working for. Of course, this is the closest to being an entrepreneur for working for somebody that you could be. But, um, and I and I explain why I say that, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been always doing yeah. my thing, man. I had a cab company. I used to, uh, I did everything. You know what I'm saying? I, lo- but like, just like you said, it wasn't the popular yeah. thing. Was, right, right, was just right. Trying you just throwing something against the wall like that old spaghetti <laughs> and seeing what sticks. You know, you know. And I, if I'm <laughs> honest, yeah. the reason <laughs> I got to this point was a matter of necessity. And what kept happening to me, Ricky, was, and I don't know if I share this with you or not, but I kept getting mm. fired. I got fired from the chicken shack that cooked the chicken. I got fired from the chicken sack that processed the chicken. I got fired from the ambulance service. I got fired from the auto parts store. I got fired. I got fired. I got fired. And I believe that was God telling me, okay, son, you can either keep asking people for an opportunity or you can start creating opportunities. You can start being the guy in the driver's seat because what my people perish from is a lack of knowledge. And think about this, guys. This concept of, and I'm not, please understand something. I am not 
a nine to five basher at all. In fact, I'll tell you in a little while, if you can remind me, I have a unique definition of entrepreneurship anyway. Yeah. So I don't have this idea this concept that working nine to five is bad, especially when I was talking to one guy the other day who wants to speak and write. And I'm like, awesome. But may I ask a personal question? How much do you make a year now? $200,000. I said, why do you want to be an author? <laughs> and unless, unless you can go right out of here and start making that kind of money. To me, you got to go with, yeah. go with the best option for you. You got to go with the best thing for you. Cause I mean, yeah. I mean, this thing yeah. called success, this thing called entrepreneurship, this thing called fatherhood, this thing called husband. It's if you listen to the wrong person, you'll be out here just quite frankly schizophrenic, trying to do all this stuff that the gurus say you got to do. I need you to be the yep. guru. I need you to figure mm. out what fits for you <laughs> if you and your wife are yep. happy with. Now, me personally, gentlemen, I could handle being married to a successful woman who made a bunch of money. I could make it work. I could. I can make it work. She yeah, would come yeah, home yeah, yeah. and she'll yeah. foot massage yeah, right now. Gourmet <laughs> chef right now. Baby, is there anything you yep. need? Because I got you. Yep. I can handle it. I'm telling you. Yep. <laughs> yep. You got it. She wouldn't have to think <laughs> about why I don't get it for. It. But I can do that because obviously you got the best hand right now. You got the best hand because whatever you're doing is popular, yeah. successful. So let's go with that. Let me stand behind you, support you. One of the most powerful images I saw was when I think her name is Sierra and she goes with quarterback from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. She handed him her purse. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, Russell yeah. stepped to the side so that the paparazzi could take her picture. I said, wow, he's been to the Super Bowl. <laughs> he's got a ring. And he stepped to the side with his girl's purse so that she could take a picture. Yep. I said, okay, wow, that's another level. Let's jump right. back to your journey up to starting to working, seeing that, all right, I got to go, I got to go make some months. was like where your mind shifted to start saying, all right, let's just start doing some things on my own after you start, kept getting fired. Just walk, walk us through that a little bit. Absolutely. So I, I may have to go back a little bit further. I remember going to college, yep. fresh out of high school. I went to college and I saw all those beautiful women. Let me just be honest with you guys. And I lost my mind. I lost my mind because I saw beautiful women from all around the world. I'm like, does this exist? Because I was stuck on what was happening in high school. So I saw all these beautiful women. Not to mention, I was not ready. I just wasn't that. Whenever I heard the term college bound student, I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't. You know, I was doing my best to just keep my head above water. Number one, because I really didn't believe in myself very much. And so I didn't apply myself. So if you don't believe, you rarely apply. So that's something I identified fairly early. I just didn't know what to do about it. So I flunk out of college, drop out of college. And I'm like, you know what? I need to get a job. My mother, I had one of those old school mamas who whoops you first and then <laughs> ask, questions yeah, ask questions later. In fact, that whole idea yes. this concept called timeout, that's what you did after you got a whooping. <laughs> Go sit down yeah, somewhere. Exactly, yeah. That was timeout. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I knew I had that pressure to be productive in some way or some form of fashion. So I went to the job computer because this is 1991. So I'm 45 years old. So 1991, I go to the job computer and my only prerequisite was this gentleman. I needed to make at least $7 an hour. That's all I cared about. 
seven bucks an hour. Lo and behold, I found wow. a job paying me seven bucks an hour. I go fill out the application. I've always printed well. Why? Because I did pay attention to drafting and I aced that particular course. So I printed well <laughs> so I could do an application. My print is amazing. And I always interviewed well, <laughs> right? I always interviewed well. I knew to wear a suit. I knew to, you know, carry myself in a certain way. Interview blew them out of the water and they hired me. They hired me as an oil change tech. I know nothing about cars. <laughs> nothing <laughs> I knew two things I knew where to put the key in and where to put the gas in that's it that's all I knew so the first six months let's just say it was a little difficult it was tough so I'm the butt of every joke I'm just uh, I mean I'm just whoever comes in and they want to make a joke they make a joke on me but somehow at this mystical magical moment of six months the light came on and I started to understand intake, compression, exhaust. Wait a minute. One, eight, four, three, six, five, seven, two. What is that? That is the firing order of a Chevrolet truck. Still got it in my head today. Wires, capped, rotor, okay, headlights, oh, brakes, all of this stuff, overhead cam. Oh, got it. Combustion. Okay, wait a minute. Exhaust manifold. All of this stuff started to click. So I'm doing the work and I change. So I become the guy who now knows something. I know a thing or two after six months, seven months, eight months, maybe nine months rolls around. And lo and behold, a new company is coming in town. There was only a couple of players. We only had AutoZone. No, I take that back. We only had Pet Boys and Chief Auto. But AutoZone was coming to town. So what they did was they sent recruiters to all of the different shops. And again, your boy who knows how to interview well, I impressed that recruiter. He brought me in, gave me a shot, and that didn't work out, but eventually I did get into the company. I worked my way up, and eventually that recruiter went to Chief Auto. Well, we had a relationship. He gave me a call from Chief Auto, so I go in as an assistant manager one year. Second year, I'm a store manager. Third year, I'm the best store manager in the company. Mm. Fourth year, what? I'm 21 years old and a store manager. So I'm learning, but it was hard. Here's, here's what I'm saying. It was difficult. I'm learning telegrams. Don't know if you guys worked in a store before, but that's a deadly word. That's when you are, all the merchandise you see in a store no. is organized to, to be sold in a certain way. At the top, yeah. Right. So you got this um, pretty much a, oh, yeah. the, the buy zone, which is four foot to six foot high. That's where you place all your premium products. That's where you put all your high margin products so that whatever the customer sees is what they grab. That's all by design. What do you see on the bottom level? On the bottom level, you're going to see the store brand. Yeah. The store brand doesn't have the luxury or the cachet as the marquee brand, mm -hmm. but it does have the margin. So there's a lot of different things I learned. I learned about margin. I learned about shortage. I learned how to hire employees, fire employees. You learn how to do what is called a perpetual inventory, where you're always looking at how much is coming in. You learn about shortage. All these things yep. are coming into my head, and I'm learning as I go. And I don't know about you guys, but to me, trial by fire might be one of the best ways to learn. And so yep, these yep. are the very skills that I employ now yep. as, quote, unquote, an entrepreneur. 
And it all started from $7 an hour. $7 an hour. Yes, sir. Man. Man. Mm. <laughs> yes, sir. You guys heard it, man. Starting from $7 an hour. You know, oh, man. So you went on that. Now, talk about now that that, that transition part. Sure. Now, you know, you said, all right. Now, I, I, I think I want to go off of my own. Or like you said, you had no choice. You know, you had to make money. Right. You know, how did you then instill, instill those, keep those skills that you had and apply it to just a different space? So the first thing that I began to realize, and this is what was really tough, is tough when you have to hire your next boss or train them. When you have to train your boss or you train the mm. person who becomes yeah. your boss. And once that happens time and time again, once you've, you're the smartest person in the room, but you're not getting a promotion. Once you've been in an environment where a lot of promises have been made, but you're not moving any further up that career ladder, it gets frustrating. You get frustrated. Mm. And so over time, maybe you stand up for yourself. And that's pretty much the connective tissue between all of the jobs that I lost. They all boiled down to me standing up and saying, you know what? That's not my job description. I'd love to do it for you, but that's going to take me over my time. Whatever it happened to be, or maybe I haven't been trained on that. Could you give me some training? Could you give me an opportunity? I would like to move up. How can I learn this? And so anytime you kick against the pricks and some, not in every environment, but a lot of environments, once you begin to make a little bit of noise, you become a liability. And that was, in my case, I became a liability. And so once you become a liability, they look for reasons to let you go. Texas, I'm, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Texas is an at-will state. Yeah. They don't have to give you a reason to fire you other than what's in their company policy. You can sue them, but it's just really a waste of time. But over time, knowing that I had this entrepreneur heart, and it wasn't called that then, so I got to be very careful because I don't want people to mix up what I was doing with what's being spoken of now. The first thing I ever did, let me just kind of go way back because we're, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Let me go way back. When I first had the same scenario, I needed income. I had no opportunity, but I took a look at what, what were my current talents, gifts, and abilities. The first time I asked myself that question was 14 years old. The answer to that question was, well, you can cut grass because you cut your own grass. I had access to a lawnmower. I had access to um, yep. yards in my neighborhood. We lived in the suburbs. Thank God. Thank my parents for that. And remember, I'm the guy who went to drafting class and cleans up pretty well. So me and another mm. buddy who actually had another partner that I saw was a little weak. I'm like, you know what? I bet you I can convince him to ride with me versus his other guy. <laughs> hey, first hostile takeover. I did it 14 years old, diabolical. So I approached him <laughs> and lo and behold, he said, you know what? I think this will work. So we called it AMT, right? Or oh, actually MTI, Mills Thomas Incorporated. Mm. Mills Thomas, my last name is Thomas, he's Lady Mills Incorporated. Now, we don't yeah. know what incorporated means, but it sounded good. So he and I go out with our jeans and our white shirts, mind you, with yeah. a tie, and we knock on doors. Hello, how are you today? I'm Brian with MTI. This is Arthur Mills, and we're here because we love to be your lawn care providers. Oh, it went over like gangbusters. So, <laughs> you know. 
Right. They loved this. They loved it. And so we started to take over the neighborhood and we had so much work that we were comfortable. I mean, at 14 years old, how much money do you need? So that's the thing that I did. I took it. I took an evaluation of what I had and what I had was the ability to push a lawnmower, the ability or access to a lawnmower and the ability to knock on the door and open my mouth and a, a partnership, someone who I could align with. So let me fast forward to now. To answer your question, when I find myself in a predicament, when I look at my circumstances and I realize that I'm not getting what I believe I should be getting, when my outcome isn't aligning, I have to reevaluate my talents, gifts, and abilities again. Mm. It's the same thing. Talents, gifts, and abilities. And for me, I'm starting to learn this. I didn't understand it before, but I'm starting to realize that I'm a believer and I believe that God, think about this. You were born butt naked and the only thing you were given was a gift and that gift is supposed to produce because you have to have food you got to have water you got to have shelter and Mm. you have to have some sort of medical Mm. care that gift is supposed to produce all of that this concept guys if you really want to think about it this concept of the 40 40 40 you work for 40 years you retire that's a new concept that's only about 100 years old yep that hasn't been around very long. We used to be an yeah. agricultural-based society. The concept of when you meet someone, Marlon, and their last name is Blacksmith yeah, or yeah, Silversmith, yeah, 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 that's yeah. because that's what their family used to do. Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. Everyone had a trade. Everyone had a skill. Everyone had a talent. Everyone had an ability. And that's what you did. That was what you contributed to society. And that's how you provided your livelihood. And so my question today is, as I speak to people who are frustrated with their jobs, frustrated with their lives, frustrated with what's going on is, what are your talents? What are your gifts? What are your abilities? What did God give you? What's in your wheelhouse that you can use to convert that into money? What is it? Because it's always something. It's always something. Mm -hmm. And then the other thought I have for you guys is this. Whether you are an entrepreneur, and let me, let me define it for you because I define entrepreneur very differently. I believe an entrepreneur is the person who is fully aware of their talents, gifts, and abilities, right? They're fully aware of their talents, okay. gifts, and abilities. And imagine this, guys. Imagine a tool belt. In the front, you got a hammer. To the left, to the right, you got a, some, a screwdriver. At the back, you got a tape measure. And on the other end, you got a pair of pliers. Now, it'd be foolish for you to pull out that tool, a hammer, when you need a screwdriver, right? So what I'm saying is that as as people transverse through this world, I need you to be intimately connected to your hammer, your pliers, your screwdriver, and your tape measure. Yeah. And when you know what you have, when you know what you do, you can leverage that in any environment. So an entrepreneur to me is a person who is intimately connected to their talents, gifts, and abilities and can leverage those in the marketplace. Now, here's the thing. You might choose to own the business, entrepreneur, work for the business, employee, or be an intern. Work for the business for free to get to leverage what? Knowledge, information, experience. That's entirely up to you. And that's more of a measurement of your desire, your risk profile. So to me, a person who's an, an employee 
um, uh, W-9, that's not a person who's not an entrepreneur. You're every bit of an entrepreneur, but you've decided that because you have children, you'd rather go home at five than be up all night with the business. That has nothing to do with you not being an entrepreneur. No, you would rather make a little less money because the owner technically makes the most, right? Right. Presumably. Mm -hmm. And then the person who works for the owner, the employee makes a little less, but because it is a, a system, you get it every week, every two weeks or once a month. And that's what the trade-off is. I want a routine life in terms of time, in terms of income measured out. And the trade-off is maybe I make a little bit less. You're a hundred percent an entrepreneur. That's just how much risk you want. That's all that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, me and Nicole, we were talking about that this past week and, you know, just her next steps, what she wants to do and, you know, um, things that she wants to entertain. And, you know, that whole concept that you talked about, it just being an entrepreneur. So a lot of people will feel bad and be like, oh, man, you know, they put themselves in categories. Well, I'm an entrepreneur if I'm doing X, Y, Z. I am not an entrepreneur if I'm doing ABC, you know, and it's like, stop, stop looking at that, but look at the person of who you are and how you take on a task, you know, how you take on an assignment. The very first thing uh, one of my mentors told me years ago was, Rick, though you work for this company, I need you to take each project and make it your own. own. He said, you want to, you want to own a company like me one day? You want to be an owner here one day? I need you to start making every project your there own you and start act like you are working for Ricky Ventures. And Come on. That's it. That's you know? the answer. And, and, and I was at a nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, 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 and to the definition, you know, so I, I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying. Go ahead, Marlon. I, I know you had something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I, I'm just taking in everything, man. I'm telling you everything I'm just taking in because, you know, um, and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll be totally transparent. I used to be a person that used to be stuck mm. like, hey, everybody needs mm-hmm. to own mm-hmm. a job. Every, no, everybody needs to own a business. Everybody needs to, needs to, needs to be going out there and getting it for themselves. Like, <laughs> right. Hold on. If right. I own a company. Right. I want somebody you, just like you saying that's going to come to <laughs> mm-hmm. my company and right. work as hard like the company's theirs, so I can, right. so I, because that's that's the ultimate system to to build, right? As a, as a person that want to own a company, you want to build a system that you don't have Absolutely. to be there twenty four seven, or exactly all you're right. doing is owning a job, right? So I I have I I have changed my view, and what you're saying aligns. Like everybody don't have to be an entrepreneur, and that's one of the the, the things too. Some people don't have the skill set, like you said, they're not intimately, uh, 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 they're not intimate with their gifts. So they go out now and they say, you know, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going right. to do like what Marlon or what Ricky or what whoever's doing. You understand what I'm saying? That they're saying, hey, I'm going to I'm right. going to go out here and I'm going to quit my tragedy. But you don't have this. The tragedy is, yeah. is when you see and a that's, job. And is the, oh, that's not your love. Right. Yep. I like that. I like that. When we see the the person that pays you <laughs> because they write the check, when you see that as your source, I think that is a tragedy because now you will be holding to the person who writes the check. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. I believe that God is the supplier. Right. He's my source. Now, he may choose uh, Ventures Industries to pay me, but I'm working as unto the Lord. And and as mm-hmm. I as I bless Ricky, Ricky gets blessed by God. Yeah. 
You see what I'm saying? I'm an asset. Because when you look up the word purpose, and purpose is so important to me, when you look that word up, one of the synonyms for purpose is to add value. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when you want to operate in purpose, just start adding value. Just mm. start serving where you can. Just start serving. And so one mm. of the one of the opportunities, because I can I can feel a question coming in the company. The question is, how did you yeah. choose carpet rug and upholstery cleaning? Well, mm-hmm. well, I, I appreciate that question. It's a great one. I actually had three. <laughs> so I had a few different businesses because, again, I'm intimately connected to my talents, gifts, and abilities. So I knew that it had to be six things. Six things it had to be. It couldn't be illegal, immoral, or unethical. That's out. It had to, uh, it couldn't take up all my time. It couldn't require a specialized degree. And it could not, and it had to make money. That, those were my six yes. criteria. And so I came up with three things based mm-hmm. on the time, the talent, gift and abilities I possess at the time, because I believe, I believe purpose. Number one, people say, find your purpose. Ah, you can't find your purpose. Your purpose finds you. You know, you can discover your purpose, but you can't find it. Your purpose finds you is too big. The purpose came before you did. How can you find it? It finds you. You become aware of it. You know, it's Correct. like discovering America. How did you discover <laughs> something that yeah. was... What? <laughs> you just okay? Um, <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. apologize. You gonna bring it to a whole nother, right. another podcast. So when you know your talents, gifts, and abilities, when you bring those to the table, it's important that okay. Because we talked about purpose, and once you understand your talents, gifts, and abilities, what you bring to the table, now you are able to. In my case, I considered three options. So the first one was. Papa lock service. One of those services that helps you open the doors when you lock it in the car. Maybe the um, uh, valets do it. Yeah, exactly. Locks in there. But it's a little more uh, specialized because you really, all you need is a little kit, Marlon, to do it. You don't even need a locksmith license. It's very specialized and it's perfect for valets and restaurants and hotels. And you can charge a hundred dollars to come out. Now you're on call all all hours of the night because it only happens at three o'clock in the morning, of course. But that was an idea. So, you know, hey, pop a lock. The other one was a carpet cleaning business, obviously. And then the other one was a moving company. And once I looked into it, I wasn't sure how to create the buzz and the marketing for the pop lock service. I wasn't clear on that. The other one was the moving company had, in my, in my mind, giraffe nose insurance that you had to buy. So it had a lot of upfront costs that just, it just, to me, it, it created a barrier to entry that just didn't make sense. But then carpet cleaning was different. Carpet cleaning was different because there was a company that was willing yeah. to hire me. Now watch this, guys. This mm-hmm. is this is crucial. Mm-hmm. This is so crucial for a person who's looking to become transition to a new nine to five, nine to five, or transition from nine to five to entrepreneurship. Most people go out and try to buy a course. Bad idea. They go, go out ahead. with the mindset of spending money. No, mm. you want to go out and make money from day one. Yeah, and I let a company. Do hire me yep. as a carpet cleaner, yep. and I basically had a paid internship, aka a job. So I went out and got myself a paid internship, and I let them pay me to teach me the business. Look at that. 
You see what I'm saying? And so I thought I'd be around for maybe a year, learn the ropes. I took about 60 to 90 days, and then I launched what is called Services by Fleet, and that was 11 years ago. I haven't looked back since. And I'm sharing that with you because there's five things that I uniquely did to give me some success. Because I would say 11 years as a solopreneur, entrepreneur is reasonably successful. You know, the, the name of the show is Success Journey. I would want to say I qualify in that particular way. But one of the five things I did was, first of all, we lived cheap. We lived cheap. There was five of us living in a two bedroom apartment. Not sexy, but practical. I saved $20,000 cash, liquid, right? I was debt free, Marlon. I didn't owe anybody any money. And then, yes, sir, freedom, absolutely. I went and got, my wife had a job, so I went and got on her insurance. So that freed me up again. Stay on her insurance. And then the last thing I did I've already shared with you was I went out and got myself a paid internship. And that's crucial. That is so powerful. If you can go in and let someone hire you to do whatever you think you want to do, because you're going to not only learn the business so that you can go out and do your own thing. I mean, obviously don't, don't lie. Don't steal. Make sure people are clear on what you intend to do. You know, if you don't sign a non-compete or a non-disclosure, maybe the non-disclosure, but not a non-compete. I didn't want their customers. I just wanted to learn the business. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to understand the business. And then the main thing I was really concerned about was I have a perception of the business from the outside. I need to see what it's really like on the inside, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm, I'm almost blown away when Correct. I hear about people who Correct. have invested major money into businesses that they don't even know about. Marlon, it blows my mind. I'm like, why would you, I can't say that, you know, you got to say it in your head. You know, I'm in my head. I'm like, Ugh. you know, Ugh. you know, like, why would you do that? <laughs> you don't know if this is going to work yep. out or not. Yeah. But by going into the business, I found out what the business yep. really was because each business boils down to, you have to have a proof of concept. How does the money get from the customer's hand into your hand? That's the proof of concept. Hey everybody, it's Ricky here. And I really hope you're enjoying this episode. Hey, did you know that you can actually get paid for listening to this podcast? <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. See, Marlon and I discovered this free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to this podcast. Seriously, just go to PodCoin app and use the invite code JOURNEY. You'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up if you use my code. That's 300 PodCoin just for signing up if you use the code JOURNEY. Listen, we appreciate all that you do, and let's get back to the episode. Peace. But then you also have to know, how do you get the phone to ring? How do you create mm. business? Until you yeah. know those two things, you can't, you can't jump out there. You can't. You've got to know how to generate a customer, and you got to know how yes. to execute on the transaction. Now, I can give you a couple of others that are very important, too, but, but those two are crucial. you got to have that. And then we can get into a unique selling proposition if you want to distinguish yourself from another person. But you've got to find a way. How do you find the customer and how do you execute on the transaction? How do you give them what they want? Whatever that is. And once you got those two, you may have what I believe to be a proof of concept and you might have something that you can roll with. Um, but ask me another question. I'll, I'll keep running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
with, 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 your, with what you were saying right there, can you give <laughs> our travelers just a tip? Because and I'm going to uh, preface this by saying this, you know, a lot of people when they're going to start their business, right. You know, they're going out there and they just know that they got everything together. They just know that their business is the business, the next hot thing. Yeah. And they're going to get their customer and nobody wants their services. Right. And instead of instead of, you know, looking at themselves, they start getting frustrated with people as mm-hmm. and people just don't understand, you know, the, the business or, or what their needs are. Right. You know, so can you talk about just finding that customer? Just give give a maybe one or two tips and finding that customer. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's really important, again, when you're going into a business or if you're going into a job, I think they're really the same. You got to know who the customer is and what their pain point is. What do they really want? Right. You got it. The why behind the why, the need, the need behind, behind the need. The I'm still in that. I'm going to give you credit once. And then after that is mine. So the need behind the need. <laughs> I love it. And so I'm going to find out what is the need behind the need. And let me give you an example. People hire me for carpet cleaning. What is that? You go in and you remove the soil in a textile using a machine. Okay. What does the soil represent? The soil represents their shame, their embarrassment. Right. Why are they doing Mm. that? Are they doing that because number one, they want a more clean, wholesome environment. I air, you know, indoor air quality, IAQ, what are they doing it for? Or why is this Marlon? Are they doing it because that event is connected to something far greater and more important? Are they about to have the in-laws over for the first time and they just got married and she's trying to make a good impression on her mother-in-law? Are they doing it Marlon because mm. they're about to get married mm. and they're going to have the reception at the house because Right. What are you doing? Or are they doing it, uh, Ricky, because the mom's pregnant and she's about to have their first child and they want to make sure that the environment is speaking span for the new baby. Mm-hmm. And so what I realize is that the need behind the need, I realize that the need is for carpet cleaning. But the need behind the need, Marlon, is that I'm connected to the most intimate parts of your life. So yep. I don't get it right, guys. If I Correct. don't get it right. If I don't take it seriously enough, if I can't knock on the door on time, if I can't communicate that I'm on the way, if I can't articulate the process of cleaning, if I'm not clear on the payment, if I'm not clear on the process that I use, cleaner, heat, agitation, time, I use the Arrhenius equation. Why? Because hot water cleans better than cold water. Well, why does hot water clean better than cold water? Because for 10 degrees Celsius that you raise the temperature of any chemical, you get about 50% more cleaning capacity. What? Yes, that's called the Arrhenius equation. All of that has to flow off your tongue mm. because you got to know what you know, <laughs> because if you don't know what you know, you're going to offset something in that customer's life that might be life or death. Yeah. Mm. So so the need behind the need, the why mm. behind the why is understand why you're there. You're not there to clean carpet. Oh, come on now. Yep. You're, you're there to edify life. <laughs> travelers, you, travelers, wow. travelers. You know, it's crazy for, <laughs> hey. for, a, for a minute, man. I forgot we were on a podcast <laughs> and we just in a conversation with my boy, yep. just Ryan Keith Thomas, or before I call him yep. uh, BK. Brian, man, thank you, sir. Brian, man, you are just um, dropping some some nuggets, man, yeah, out here. You, and um, yeah, knowledge. Rick, 
Ricky, what I love, man, it, you know, um, <laughs> it's funny. I'm going to say it, Ricky. <laughs> so I was, a, I was a Marine Corps recruiter, right? So all that you're saying right there is a, is when, when, when you want to, when you want to, you know, for a lack of a better mm-hmm. word or what it's called to sell somebody on something, a lot of times somebody think the object, just like you said, that, hey, I'm coming to clean. And, and they're like, okay, all right. But yes. when you probe, when you have those probing questions, when you talk to them a little bit more, when you understand the need behind the need and you're like, hey, what's going on? And like they say, hey, life, life alters in, in, in every 90 days. So they're at that 90 day cycle where they're saying, right. hey, my, gra- my, mother's, my mother-in-law is about to come over. And you say, and you spit off that, 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 that mm-hmm. equation and said, this is how I'm going to remove the stain for you, ma'am. And she's like, Man, this guy came here to save my life. How much Absolutely. you want? Whatever you want is Absolutely. yours. Marlon, I'm you're take right. It. And people don't understand that. Absolutely. People, people, when you're having a conversation, <laughs> I'm so sorry. People I don't understand that. And, um, when you're having a conversation with someone. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Each one of us is trading. And we talk about it like it's negative. But everybody is trading time for money in some capacity or not. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's your past that you're trading. Maybe you right. created a video or in the case of this podcast and people are hearing it in the future, although this is information that you created in your past. It's still your trading time for money, mm. which, again, is your gift. Hello, yes. your yeah. gift that you're using to impact mm. another soul. So when you're having a conversation and there's a transaction, I got to focus on not just the transaction, but also the transformation. So so Mm. if if I'm hearing people who are doing what they're doing, I need you to shift from transactional to transformational. If you shift from transactional to transformational, then you understand that if you articulate the outcomes on the front end, that is called an explanation. That is called an expert master craftsman. But if you try to articulate what has happened or didn't happen on the back end, we call those excuses. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what we call those. <laughs> so you can be a master or you can be a master excuse maker. It's up to you. But if you articulate these are the yep. outcomes, ma'am, I'm Correct. concerned that because this is a all-white sofa, and it's beautiful, by the way. In fact, it fits your home. Wow, your taste is amazing. Because it's all-white, I want you to realize that the down inside of your sofa <laughs> is different colors. If I steam clean this sofa, there's a strong possibility that it will bleed into your white fibers. Now, I'm mm-hmm. willing to do it, but I just want you to know that this could potentially happen. Now, I'm going to do my best to make sure it doesn't because I know this is important to you. And I try to make sure that what's important to you is important to me. But I just wanted to convey that because I want to give you all the information so that you can make the best decision. Do you think it's okay to proceed or what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sold. Hey, hey. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm back in the the kids. You got it. You got it. You got to master your craft. You know, and I I talk to people who are and I really don't see a distinction between again, I'll articulate that again, between the person who owns the business and the person that works for the business, because at the end of the day, it's about serving that same customer. 
Mm. Yeah, so I don't see a distinction. And so when you have someone who has, and you've done it, we've all gone to a business and the, the, the sign on the door says that they open at 10 and you, you pull the handle at 10 and nobody's there. And then at 10.02, you see somebody's coming, pulling up like they're racing beside you and they park next to you and they run into the building and they pull out the keys and he's tucking in his shirt and, and he's about to serve you breakfast. Bruh, you about to have a bad breakfast. I promise you. Yeah. About to have, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You are about you are about to experience some terrible customer service, and and we can see that. So whether you're ready or not, if you're not on time and on task, if you don't know your craft, if you don't have the right attitude, if you don't care enough to show up on time to do, I'm questioning now whether or not my outcome is going to be what I need and what I want, what I'm paying for, because I'm trading in the case of I'm buying the service, I'm trading time for money too, and you haven't taken the time, so I'm not going to give you my money. Hmm. Because you haven't taken the time. And it's unfair. Mm -hmm. It's unfair for you to shortchange me because I'm not getting a discount. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not I'm not getting a discount. And (laughs) so I I challenge my people because I'm a man of color. Um, we some people refer to me as African American. I didn't they didn't ask me what I wanted to be called. So, you know, or black or they didn't get my input. So but there's a challenge and I understand why the challenge is there because we're only a few generations removed from servitude. We're only a few generations removed from not having any choice at all. Mm. And the first thing that any people who's been under the the stiff arm of oppression do is once you finally get freedom, you miss you misuse that freedom. You abuse mm-hmm. that freedom when you first get it. Whether it be yeah. people of color in the United States of America, whether it be the children of Israel as they came out of Egypt, it's the same thing. When you mm-hmm. get money after you've been held captive, you don't know what to do with that money. So I'm, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm extremely yeah, optimistic, that. Marlon, when see I that. see yeah. various people who are, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. But I do believe that there is a, a high call to you to Rick, we have, we are the new generation, meaning it is now our chance at bat. We are now generation X. We are now the purveyors of the information. We are now the protectors of the culture. It is now our responsibility to make sure that we pass the baton, whether that baton Mm -hmm. be knowledge, wisdom, understanding, faith, charisma, uh, character, whatever it is, it is our responsibility to pass to the next generation what what the uh, baby boomers passed to us. It's on us now. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Brian, I want to ask you a, a question Take too. And, and, and I'm, I'm trying to formulate this the right way. So I'll, I'll give you a little mm-hmm. backdrop a little bit. Um, this week, this weekend I was somewhere and I was in okay. a room where everybody had a DR. Mm-hmm. PhD or medical? Everybody was a doctor, right? Um, sure. uh, P, PhD in a lot of medical and some PhDs. So I want to I want to ask you, you know, just like what you're saying, when we're coming out of that, you know, servitude, we tend to push that way a lot because we think that's a better, mm-hmm. better, um, you know, system for us to go into. Um, but what I want you to explain to um, listeners, and I know this probably happened to you and I know you overcame it five million times when you walk into a room and somebody says, hey, I want you to talk to my man, Brian, right here. Um, mm-hmm. he, he has a business and he, and he mm-hmm. cleans carpet mm-hmm. and they're like, mm-hmm. they're like, what? Absolutely. Talk man. to him. Wow. <laughs> and then, and, and, and then, and then 
you they, they say, you know what, all right, you know, just like just like <laughs> Naaman when he said, okay, I listen to this little girl and dip seven times. Just, <laughs> they go and they say, all right, hey, let me let, uh, let me hear what this brother got to say. And then at the end at the end of the conversation, I I know because from listening yeah. to you right now, sure. they're like, hey, can I get a card? Um, can I get your number? Uh, can you explain to the guys out there that are thinking like, not knocking the PhD, not knocking the doctors, not knocking those guys going for those um the the scholastic stuff, but the um the people that are saying that a just like what you're saying you have a skill be good at what the skill that you have not saying that you couldn't handle school or you couldn't handle whatever but you understood um and you don't get frustrated or you know feel belittled when you're in those presence oh, um, absolutely. just talk to those guys what out there that are in that situation that i have my customer base if you could imagine was in the beginning anybody that would pay me that's how you first start. And so anybody that pays you is your customer base, but that's not always the best customer because that's low hanging fruit. And so over time, as you begin to master your craft and you get better at what you do, you can actually begin to target the customer that you want because now you know who that is, but also you begin to charge more because you've mastered your craft and you begin to weed out certain customers that you don't want for one reason or another. So at this particular point, I focus on a customer with a certain zip code and I focus on a customer with a certain disposable income. And generally speaking, that customer is successful and Caucasian. That's how that manifests. And so as I'm transversing, cause this is not my first business okay. model. And I used to have, obviously I told you about the lawnmower business at 14, but also in 2001, I had a limousine business. And in owning that limousine business, Marlon, I was able to meet people who mm-hmm. had uh, means. Most people who are riding around in limos, they got a few dollars, generally mm-hmm. speaking. And so mm-hmm. the money is not in the limousine. So when I say limo, yeah. I'm not really referring to the stretch. I'm really referring to the town car. Town cars, yeah. Right. That's where the money is. It's the transport between the airport. Yes, yes, yes. It's yes, that yes. commuter. It's that business commuter. And so I would pick up people from time to time, and this was pretty frequent, at what is called an FBO. An FBO stands for fixed base operator. When you're operating from a yep. fixed base operator, this means you got your own plane. <laughs> and this is another way to live. These are people who have planes, mm. trains, and automobiles at their disposal. These are people who have all of what we call, uh, these are the people who pull themselves up by their bootstraps. These are people who are living the American dream. These are people who are you know, entrepreneurs and they're kicking butt every direction, right? They are amazing. These are those people. They will step off their plane, 10 steps, come down the plane. This is before 9-11 happened. And they would walk 10 steps and get in my car because I was parked on the tarmac. This is a totally different way of living, right? But what I noticed, and this is the trend I started to see, I saw this amazingly successful man, usually Caucasian, usually between the ages of 35 and 65. And he would come out of the plane with this gorgeous woman. Now, mind you, she was gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous. But when I calculated the approximate age, I determined she could be no older than his daughter's age. And in many cases, his granddaughter's age. Mm. So what I'm looking at is I'm looking at Mm. the creme de la creme of our society. I'm looking at a man who has planes, chains, and automobiles at his disposal. And at the height of his success, he dates his daughter. That's the trophy, to date his granddaughter. What is my point? My point is, I don't care how high a person is. I don't care how low a person is. 
We all have insecurities. We all have pain points. We all have issues and challenges. And when you walk into a room, mind you, value adding. When you walk into a room on purpose, what does purpose mean? I add value. When you walk into Mm -hmm. that room being a solution to a problem, the only thing you got to do is find out what the problem is. Find out what the itch is and you scratch it. And as long as you're scratching that itch, there's money, there's prestige, there's success connected to you scratching that itch. So to the guy who thinks that they have to have a title to be successful, I already say you've, you've already defeated yourself because you're letting something outside of who you are determine your value. If something outside of you can give you value, then it can be taken away. Until value emanates from the inside, until you believe in the creator, that he made you with power, strength, talents, gifts, and abilities. We keep going back to that. Until you are fully aware of your talents, gifts, and abilities, you're going to suffer because you don't know what you bring to the table. You don't know where your value is. You don't know because, mind you, I'm in homes and I have about 30 seconds to build a rapport. How do I do it? I walk in. Hello. How are you today? My name is Brian Keith. We spoke on the phone. Immediately, I see the decor. Immediately, I see things on the wall. What do you put on your walls? Mm -hmm. You got it. Important stuff, stuff that you're proud of. um, So I'm going to, within the first 15 to 30 seconds, engage you in a conversation about something you're proud of. By engaging you in a conversation about something that you love and are proud of, the endorphins, the serotonin that runs through your brain is going to be connected to meeting me for the first time. So now every time you think of Brian Keith, do you see what I'm saying? Every time you think of Brian Keith, then I'm going to be that same serotonin, that same good feeling is going to come to your mind because I came in to serve. How can I come in and serve? I didn't say servant. Please hear me. I didn't say servant. I said serve. I came in to serve. Serving is when you deploy your talents, skills, and abilities to the behest of another. That's serving. And in serving, you immediately lower a person's guard. And when a person lowers their guard, they're going to tell you what's on their heart. Out of the abundance Mm -hmm. of a man's heart, he speaks. So whatever on your heart, you're going to tell me, Mm. but because I've disarmed you through service, because I'm confident in who I am. So because I'm confident in who I am, if I submit to your authority, that doesn't make me less of a man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I purposely, when I meet, this is just depending on the scenario. If I meet an alpha male in his home, shaking his hand, you're Caucasian. Here I come in here, uh, African-American. In fact, not only am I African-American, but I'm dark complected. I am what we call a field Negro, a jigaboo. I have copious amounts of melanin in my skin. (laughs) I do. So I represent the doc, the the doc, you know, I'm the, uh, the complete opposite of who he is. Socially, you know, um, economically, all of those Mm. different things. And so I'll shake his hand firm because they don't want a a fish handshake. Shake his hand firm, but immediately to make sure he knows that I'm here to serve, I might look down for just one second so that he knows I'm not here to undermine you. I'm here to help you. And I'm here to help you solve a problem that's connected to something that you love. Whether it be the fact that you bought a new house, new marriage, new baby, or a new meeting. 
a new relationship. Mm. I'm here to help you do that. So I'm going to partner with you to solve the problem at hand. Man, I'm so happy you gave me the opportunity to come by. So many competitors out and I wish that I can compete on price, but I made a decision long ago. I wanted to make sure my business was about service. So I compete on service. My price might be a little higher, but my service is outstanding. Love it. I love the recruiting. Yeah. Yo, ah, but I know my listen, stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah, listen. You know, I tell you one thing, man. If I didn't get anything from that, is I'm telling my wife, whenever anyone comes to the house, take all the pictures off the wall. <laughs> still won't work. Still won't work. Because if, he, if, he, if it's me, Ricky, no I still got something for it. Bottom line. I still got something for it. I will compliment the <laughs> fact. Thank you so much for being on time. I appreciate yeah. you. Time is money. <laughs> Mrs. Venters, I see you've been working out. You still got it. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> One way or another. You've been working out, Mr. Ventures. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Got him. Got him. Putty. Yeah, yeah, Putty you know. And then you see that smile come. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But listen, travelers, <laughs> listeners, man, we are. Uh, Man, we're coming close to the end of a, another show, man. And I, man, I told, I told you, didn't we tell him, Marlon, that season two is going to be fire? <laughs> man, we told him season yep. two was going to be fire. Oh, it's going to be and, fire. And um, I think we held up yep. to that end of it uh, with, with this episode yes, with sir. Brian Keith. Listen, uh, Brian, want to share with our traveler just some ways they can contact you, uh, even in that Dallas area uh, for service or other uh, um ventures that you have and that they can contact you and see what you're doing. Well, absolutely. My name is Brian Key, spelled with an I. And on all social media, you can find me at Brian Key 360 on all social media because 360 represents those talents, those gifts and abilities. All of who you are, you want to leave this earth empty. You want to explore all 360 degrees of what God put in you and what God made you. And so I do have one message I want to convey to the travelers because yep. that's what I was going to ask you. Yep. What do you want to leave the, everyone with today? Travelers, I believe that your, your ears are tuned to this particular episode, not by happenstance. And so really quick, I want to tell you a story. My grandmother passed away 2017 and it was extremely hard on the family because she was the matriarch. Now she was 88 years old. So don't feel bad for me because my grandmother passed away. As I'm sitting in the funeral, and if you know, African-American funerals can be a little long. So it got a little long. It got a little long. Yeah. But the preacher mentioned having one of the last conversations with my grandmother, and she told him and he told us that my grandmother used an interesting phrase. She said that my grandsons need special help. Now, I was kind of dozing off at that point, but when he said that, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. And I'm like, whoa, what does that mean? So I had gone to the funeral with my two younger brothers. So immediately when we got in the car going to the cemetery, I had to ask the question, what do you think grandmother meant by saying that my grandsons need special help? Well, they played it off and they were like, no, Brian, she 
had to have been referring to this cousin or that cousin. Don't talk about my family. I won't talk about yours because you, you got a messed up family too. I know you do. I know you do. And so we got some crazy ones too. And some people couldn't make it because they were incarcerated at the time. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's what it is. Eventually I got a chance to speak to my mom and dad. And I asked them the same question. What do you think grandmother meant by my grandsons need special help? And they too thought it was this or thought it was that, but no son, they're not talking to you, but I couldn't let it go. Fellas. I couldn't shake it. And, and my, my grandmother died two years ago and I'm still wrestling with this thing. And, and I began to realize because what I didn't tell you was I'm the oldest grandson. Mm. What I didn't tell you was that when my grandmother mm. died at 88, I was 44. What I didn't tell you was that she named me Keith. She wanted my first name to be Keith, but my middle name is Keith because I was her favorite grandson. And so what I realized, gentlemen, is that what my grandmother was doing, she was giving one last message to her favorite grandson. She was giving one last post-omnibus message to her favorite grandson, and she was saying, son, you need special help facing your potential. You need special help facing the man in the mirror. You need special help to develop every talent, gift, and abilities in your life. And if you don't reach out for help, son, then you're not going to accomplish it. There's an assignment on your life. There's a calling on your life. There's something on your life that is bigger than you. And unless you ask for special help, you're not going to be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish. So to the travelers that are listening, I'm saying to you, through my grandmother, through the preacher, through the line on this podcast, you need special help facing your potential because the only enemy you have is the one standing in the mirror. Powerful. My grandson needs special help. Man, listen, the travelers, travel, that's yes. it. That's it. Um, Man, we can keep you guys here all day or all night, wherever you listen to this podcast, on whatever favorite platform you listen to it on. Do us a second, just pause right now and just leave a review, uh, five star, um, four star, whatever your platform has for you. Uh, we know we we're up there in that top area, just based off of this this episode we had here. And write a re- write a response to this podcast. Give us your thoughts. You know, um, leave a comment on our thread and, and, and on Instagram or Facebook. If you have any questions or just just comments, just, just let us know. Give us some feedback. You know, we have so much more coming forward to you this, this season. Um, Marlon and I are dedicated to serving you. Marlon and I are dedicated to helping you on your journey. We're dedicated to allowing you see the behind the scene journey of people that are on the way to success and people that have already obtained success. And we are looking forward to seeing you again next week at the same time on the Success Journey Show. All right, everyone, have a good one. Peace. You've been listening to The Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination.